Welcome to The VoiceOver with your host, Dee Foster III, where we discuss relevant topics that affect the culture with bold, independent commentary. Get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and encouraged. Welcome to the premiere episode of the VoiceOver Now podcast. We are so excited to have you tune in. And today, our guest some of you may know him as Bishop Darnell Johnson. Some of you may know him as D Foster Three, but he is the CEO of Wake Up Global Networks and D Three Consultants LLC. We are excited to have him here. So we're just going to have him come and kind of give us a background of where he is now, where he's been, and where he's going. So we're excited to hear everything he has to say. So let's welcome Darnell. Foster Johnson III. Welcome. Prophetesses, thank you for having me as your guest. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So today we just kind of want to go over and have a transparent conversation. So we want you to be honest in your answers. We're all family here. So we just want you to have the opportunity and a platform to just kind of <laughs> let us know where you've been, what you've been doing, and what's on the horizon for you. So that's where I want to start. Where have you been? <laughs> what have you been doing? We know you stopped <laughs> Well, but th thank you again. And I, I appreciate you. And before I even answer that, I want to say thank you so much for your unwavering uh, through everywhere I've been, your unwavering, you and your family support of myself and Wake Up Global Networks. You know, God, every now and then God will send you what I call the real ones and when it comes to you and your family, I mean that that's what he he really did. Um, so thank you. I have been trying to really find my way. You know, after pastoring for more than half of my lifetime, and then in 2021 was the last time I pastored. Um I thought the transition, though I knew and know it's God's will that I stepped out of that role. But to be honest with you, I never configured that getting my footing would be so difficult at that time. So to answer your question, up until recent, I would say 2024, I've been just trying to find my way, find my um my niche and see, even though I knew what was the next thing to do, trying to figure out how to do it. So I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. <laughs> so you feel like you're at a point where you now know where you wanna go, the direction, you found your footing, so are you happy with where you are right now and where you're going? I, I absolutely, I found my, I, I found through, and, and I'm not trying to be religious, but I think these phrases sum it up through many dangers, tolls and snare. See, one, one of the things that was kind of disappointing to me, I've always known it, but I, I never experienced it. And I'm sure there are those who are watching that may disagree, but this was my experience. 
And I've, I said this years ago when I first stopped pastoring my first church. I said, one of the things that I see with the church is, unless you are a pastor, and this happened to me, th there is no space for you. In my opinion, the only space that is made for non-pastors, and that's why I think so many stay in that role past, past their season. Because the only time you get invited, because that's a congregational exchange, or your church is very prominent, that's notoriety to the guests. And the only other option is if you have sons or daughters who are gracious enough when you step out of that role to invite you to be a part of what they're doing. But from my personal experience, once I shut the door or said, this is over, prophetess, there was no space. The invitation, now you asked me to be honest, right? Is that what you want? You, you want me to? Absolutely, please, yes. The, the invitations, the telephone calls, mm -hmm. The, 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 not everybody, one or two, but I'm talking about based on what, what was occurring when I was in pastor and for, for more than all of my lifetime. So when you ask, where was I? I was, maybe I should correct it. I was two places. I was trying to find my space, but I was dealing with the hurt and the disappointment that came from what I felt was the rejection from an institution that I had given, like I said, more than my life that I was born into. Now, having said that, I knew when I left my last pastorate and began and started, and you were right there, Wake Up Global Networks, I knew it would be something different than pastoring, so I already knew that. I knew that my role would be very much different than a day-to-day -day pastor. I, I accepted that. I realized that I was giving up a lot to obey God. That part I don't regret. I realized I was giving up a lot of economy, economics, to obey God. Because there were no longer the pastoral anniversaries, the birthdays. You sure you want me to be transparent, right? You 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 good with? Please, I do. There, there were no longer there were no longer the birthdays. There were no longer the the anniversaries, the, the different Father's Days. I understood that, so I that was a cost that I counted prior to saying, I believe my pastor days are over, and I still believe it. So I'm not I'm not recanting on that, but. What I didn't expect was the shift in the, the, the institution or the church or the leaders, even some of the laity that I received because I wasn't a brand name in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Because in the church, and I'm, I haven't changed my mind with this. I'm not upset. It helped form my direction. But I understood, and I do understand, 
And we have to change this. And that's a whole nother topic for another time. That if people are going to have the freedom to step into their calling, they have to know at some point that they will not be pushed to the side and ignored and rejected as if they never mattered. So when you say, well, where have you been? I've been dealing with that, trying to reconcile that, trying to get healed from that, trying to get past that. That's why a lot of people haven't heard from me. Because you can't heal in the same place where the wounds take place. Let me say that for the people in the back. You can't heal in the same place where the wound takes place. You have to go away, reconcile that, get healed, forgive, come back, and now maybe you can have some kind of a semblance there. So dealing with that and deciding exactly what form Wake Up Global Networks would take. So I was doing a lot of, as you know, trial and error stuff. Believing this one thing, okay, that's not working. Believing this thing is it, and it didn't kind of take off the way that I wanted it to take off. So that's why I started off by saying, kind of getting my footing on this new journey that I began almost two years ago. And it took two years, two years for me to reconcile the, the treatment, to reconcile my new position, to reconcile everything that I had given up. Nobody made me, I wanna make that clear. But it was my, it's my destiny. And so reconciling that, and then with this new organization and feeling as though I've got to do something. I can't sit back and do nothing. So trying to figure out exactly where we were going with that. I know that's a long answer, but I, I wanna be very as transparent with you as you requested of me as possible. But something happened 2024. Uh, and I don't want to jump ahead of you. And so I, I got some resolutions. I got some resolve. I was able to resolve the treatment. I was able to resolve um, my destiny and, and begin to embrace and even love and even be proud. I, I did the inner work. I did it. I didn't say it was easy, but I did. The, I've been doing the inner work of being healed, of being whole, and of being restored. And now I can even be honest, even all those years that I was in pastorate, I think I'm more confident and know more who I am having gone through that experience than before I went through that experience. Wow. <laughs> wow. You asked for it. You get I it did. here. You know I me. You know <laughs> Yes, I asked for it and I'm glad you gave it. And like you said, that's a conversation for another day. That was a lot to unpack. And that's something maybe we'll have to do another conversation. Yes, so, gladly. Once you left pastoring and the treatment and how you felt and just that whole process and how it brought you to where you are today. 
So thank you for being honest. I asked for it and we got it. <laughs> so thank you. But kind and of let me say this. I, I oh, think I, if I can, yes. just to clarify, because I know people are viewing this. Right. It wasn't every single person. So I wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. But I will say without apology, apology, it was the majority. I'll leave it at that. All right. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> but piggybacking off of that, well, now, would you consider yourself still in ministry? Are you still? I, absolutely. That's my calling. That's my, that's, you know, one of the things that I have always, if anyone knows my ministry from years and years ago, I've always taught on the seven mountains of cultural influence. And I've always taught that premier ministry, I don't know how much, the, the church or the system understands this, else we wouldn't treat those who are not in the pulpit weekly different. But um, did you catch that? I, I threw that real quick. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yes, I am. But it's not the traditional type of what we, we have this one concept that we must get delivered from of ministry. But when you, Jesus said, go into all the world, the cosmos, the systems of the world. And so to answer your question, absolutely, I have no choice. I've been called, destined, and ordained to do it. And pastoral ministry was just one of the, the, the roads that I passed through to give me experience, uh, to equip me to go to the world. So absolutely, that that's that's what I do and everything. That's what we do. And that's what made this journey so difficult because it's not like you can go out and say, all right, let me forget all of that. Because this is not a this is not a a career. It's a calling. So if it was a career, I could say, you know what, the heck with everybody, y'all stick it where the sun don't shine. Let me go out here to a a multi-million dollar corporation, sell myself. and But when when you're called and you're marked of God, you don't have that uh, option. And I will say, unfortunately, but you have to be, like Paul said, obedient to, to the calling. So very much so, and plan to be in it all my days here on the planet. I love it. Awesome. Well, since you still consider yourself a ministry, just a different aspect, I notice you go by D Foster three now. Do you still consider yourself a bishop? Is that something you still answer to? How do you view that? I'm glad you asked that. I'm because I need to set the record straight on that. Yes, thank you. And you have some very excellent questions, and and keep bringing them. I will always be a bishop. If you understand the episcopacy. Once a bishop, because I've had people come to me in this process and say, well, how can you be a bishop and not have a church? That's the mind of the unlearned because there are suffragan bishops, and I'm not going to go into the teaching of the bishopric here on your show, but for somebody to say that, then you are scripturally and historically maybe not the most literate person because there are, there are varying types of bishops. And a bishop means to oversee. So if I'm just saying at minimum, because, because see, again, 
we think it's just the bishop in the pulpit ministry. But at minimum, if somebody say, what are you the bishop of? Okay, I can give you two things uh, at minimum. And I will just do this for the unlearned. I'm the bishop or the overseer of Wake Up Global Networks Incorporated. I am the bishop of those who consider me a spiritual father or a mentor. And all that word means is episcopus, oversight, to have oversight of. So to circle it around and make it more uh, historical, the only thing you can, once you are consecrated and hands are laid on it, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I am official. I did not make myself a bishop. I did not carve out a certificate. And I'm saying this for a purpose. Mm -hmm. I had hands laid on me. The chief prelate, Bishop Harold C. Ray, consecrated me. I have a certificate. And I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. So that is the official. Bishop Oscar Brown laid hands on me. So that was the official consecration. So for people who say, you don't have a church, how can you be a bishop? Historically and protocolically, the only way you cannot be a bishop once you are officially consecrated is that you are debunked for some moral failure and a council has to come together and say that you are no longer qualified to be a bishop in the Lord's church. So to answer your question, yes, I am and will always be. Now, you said, but you go by D Foster 3. Yes. Why is that? I can speak to that. Because all the arenas that I go into now with Wake Up Global Network don't understand what a bishop is. That's just me. When I go to schools and talk to students, maybe if they grew up in church, they do. They don't know, they, some, some people thought my first name was that, and, and, and that's cool. So Paul said, learn to be all things to all men. So as you said, I love your introduction. You said some of you may know him as bishop, and that's right. So to them, I'm bishop. Some of you may know him as D. Foster three, and that's right. And to them, I'm D Foster three. So I don't think it's a thing where we have to pick and choose. It's whatever fits. Let's do it. I love it. Excellent answer. I love that. So let's kind of shift gears. So you kind of touched on who you are going into the schools as you represent Wake Up Global Networks. So let's talk about Wake Up Global Networks. So that launched, it had great momentum, all the things that were being done in the community. It was awesome. Then last year, it kind of came to a halt. So it kind of shifted. So what happened there? You ready for this? We're ready. Okay. I just want to make sure. Money. Hmm. You said without money. I told you I'm a I'm a I'm gonna put it straight. My biggest mistake 
but it won't happen again, was, all right, let me go back. Even during my years of pastorate, I, I, I've never been a person to raise money. I, I could, I did, if, if I was asked, but I just never, that wasn't my thing. That wasn't, even, even to pastor, if, if any congregation that I've pastored, and I've pastored three in my lifetime, they would have to be honest if they're watching to say, when I came to you, that means it was desperate. It was a need. I did everything I knew to do. And now I need your help. That's the way I used to raise money under my pastorate. It wasn't uh, after offering every Sunday. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but for me, it just was not a conviction for me. Raising money, asking for money has always been the squimish side of my personality in ministry always has. Um, so having said that, I didn't have to raise money often because every congregation is taught to give. So there's an automatic giving when you meet, whether it's Bible study during the week, whether it's Sunday morning worship, Unless you just, you know, have a need or unless you just money hungry, the average pastor doesn't really have to raise an offering every Sunday. They may have to remind people to give, but especially if you're in the black church, you're going to give, right? So I want you to keep that in mind. So that squimishness in me carried over to Wake Up Global Networks. But the difference is I didn't have a abiding congregation that would fill in my lack of talking about finances. So because I never made, even with our partners, and there are some partners, if you're looking and I know you are, who you never missed a month, I want to say thank you. It's because of you that we could hold on and maintain as long as we did. But there were other partners who felt like, and again, this is where we're gonna have to make some changes. If you're not a church, I don't have to give to you. But wait a minute, aren't you still receiving? Aren't, aren't you still receiving? I didn't know we give to institutions only. I thought we, we, we like a restaurant, I pay where I'm fed. So if I'm being fed, whether it's an institution or no, no pun intended in this, or a food truck in front of the Wax Museum in Washington, or it's out back in a building established, wherever I'm fed, I pay. Wake Up Global Networks didn't hit that spot because I lacked vision. And I think you know that of anybody. I was, spirit was giving me stuff every time we turn around. But every vision needs provision. And to answer your question straight, no chaser. 
a lot of the partners didn't understand that because it's the same mentality of if you're not pastoring, you don't get the same treatment. Was the same thing with what they call, I don't call wake up this, but what they used to call paraministries. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that can attest to that. And so what it does is it cripples that vessel that God may be trying to send out into the seven mountains of cultural influence because no matter how great the vision is, it demands a certain amount of provision. So when you saw a slam on the brakes, we were doing um, the awakening experience. That was money. We had musicians. That was money. We had to put the footage together. That was money. We were doing the wake up to elevate. That was money. We were doing our website and put that was money. I mean, I could go on and on. And when that was money is compared to that was money. That was the given compared to the need. And one thing about me, and anybody that has worked for me, and I, I, I dare anybody to say anything different, I have always believed and always will believe that you must be fair to people to the best of your ability that have agreed to help you bring your vision to pass. And when I can't do that, I'm not made that I can keep going on and using people and expecting them to give their time, though people do and would, but my conscience says, you give your time, you give your talent, you sow back into it, as you have done a thousand and one times, how long are we gonna drive this? And, and let me speak to the person who would say, well, maybe God didn't lead you to do it. No, I, I disagree with that because it was successful. That's why I said, it's only one reason, money. And I tread on this, and it's again, it's not everybody. Because maybe we're not taught when you partner with something other than a local church and you see vision there and you have a leader of integrity and you're getting fed there that maybe is right to support that also. And so I chalk it up to more of ignorance mm. because that's not what we've been taught. Everything local church, and I believe in that. Everything local church, local church, local, local church. So maybe the answer is, like I used to do when I had a local church. Take some of what's coming in the local church and bless those para-ministries. Hmm. Or, you know, para for just the understanding. Or those ministries that are going beyond the walls. And sharing some of our resources with them. Right. Now, 
But those that are viewing this that are in the pulpit, I'm sure they're going to see it totally different. But I'm on interview. And I'm giving my experience based on what the guest is asking. And I, and I tell you, it was nothing but finances. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Not what I had experienced because I would have, I was forgetting about that moving forward with what God gave me. And we had great momentum. One thing only M O N E Y. And I had not learned to be a con quick enough and still not, but I changed my approach. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your transparency there. So yes, thank you. What would you say then that that's the end of Wake Up Global Networks? No, we just beginning. Are you, what? <laughs> the end, we kicking in second gear. Awesome. Now I can't go into as, as transparent. There's one or two things that I'm waiting for. And I think I've shared it with you that I need to see happen that, that tr transpired that I can't talk about publicly yet, but no way. Wake Up Global Networks hasn't even begun to fulfill what God set us up for. I think I think um, the first two years were just like any business probably, or any even trial and error, you know, finding out exactly what we're called to do and what we do best and what we're not called to do and what we don't do that well. And I think, to be honest, no brag, but you, I'm just being transparent across the board because, again, I've learned to believe in myself more than ever before. I think most of the things we did were successful. And most of the things, I, I can't say this, oh, we did this and this wasn't work. I can't, to be honest with you, everything I believe Spirit told us to do, it was successful. From the wake up weekday daily break off to the wake up to elevate to the awakening experiences to all of our outreaches in our communities everything had the mark of god on it one thing that thou lackest what is that rich young ruler money <laughs> got it so yeah we're we're gonna be around that's the ministry god gave me and it and now, let me say, I love it because it can take on many forms. It, it, it doesn't have to, it's not just limited to outreach. It's just not limited to uh, podcasts. I love it because we have the liberty. Because Wake Up Global Networks Incorporated, it's not a church per se. It is ministry. We can take on many forms. So with this, we're not boxed in to one thing. I love it. All right. Well, you guys heard it here first. Wake Up Global Networks is not over. So stay tuned. There's more in store. So make sure you stay connected for what's next. So now that we've got that out of the way, we're currently on the Voice Over Now podcast, which is something new. So kind of tell me the background. Where did this come from? And what is all, what is this about? Okay, I'm glad you asked that too. So, first of all, I want to shout out to the owner and the operator, CEO of WPB Media Networks, who hosts the Voice Over Now podcast, Minister April J. 
thank you so much uh, for allowing us to be a part of your platform while as we are rebuilding at Wake Up Global Network. So to answer your question, there are people that even doing my, and this is when you know you really touch people. So let me go back and say, there were people who reached out during those two years when I was, excuse me, um, trying to recover from what I felt was the rejection of, of the church and having given my life to pastoring people. There were, as I said, one or two who would reach out. April J was one. Mm -hmm. And periodically during this time period, she would just text or call didn't want any um, details just to say, Bishop, how are you doing? Hadn't heard from you. Just wanted to make sure you were okay. You can't buy that. I mean, to me, that's worth more than money. If if she and, and one or two who did that would have gave me a thousand, it could not have equated to that right there, care, genuinely care and concern. So about maybe um, maybe over a month ago, she reached back out again. She said, uh, and we have been talking for the last maybe two years, because I was, to give you some history, I was on her and her husband, Frank's, her former husband, uh, but husband at that time, Frank Johnson, they owned a, a radio station, a internet, one of the first people that I knew who had internet radio. This was like five or six years ago. And I was blessed by them to be on their radio station every Saturday night. That's where I started with a radio show talking about cultural, societal, uh, whether it was politics, whether it was in entertainment, hip hop, fashion, we would have that context called the voiceover. And the context was with all of these voices out there, we bring a kingdom perspective and a kingdom voice over all of that, right? So when things happen as they did at the station, the voiceover, then we did a Sunday morning show there with just playing gospel music and commentating on that. So long story short, um, as things happen, April and I began to talk, especially as she joined uh, Living Word and where I was pastoring about the resurgence because she would always say, oh, I enjoy, Bishop, I enjoyed the voiceover so much. I say, well, once you get reestablished and set up, let me know, I'll do it again. You know, I'll be glad to bring it on. When our kind of media came to a halt, one of the things I know, and let me put a pen here, I know I'm called for media. I have never in the all of the years I've pastored, even before then, God gave me a voice on a radio station, television station. I have never been off of media 
The longest I've been off of media is when we stopped doing the awakening. And one of the things I've gotten prophecy after prophecy that God is giving you the airways, you have a voice for the nations through media. So that's one of the things that I knew. And that's one of the things that gives me the most joy to be in media, to commentate, whether it's Christian stuff, worldly stuff, quote unquote, in industry stuff, I'm on it. That's that's one of the things that I know that God has assigned. That's why we form Wake Up Global Media. So there was a void in me because whenever you don't do what you're called to do, there's no way to be totally, totally happy and content. And while everything else for Wake Up was coming together, I knew that the media piece was what I was missing. Not to be famous, not to be known, not to be having my voice, not just so I can stay in the limelight. That's what some people do it for. That wasn't it. it. It was a calling. There were too many issues happening. And, and I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be arrogant here. I'm trying to be honest. That I felt were missing my voice in the discussion of those issues and bringing resolutions to those issues. So I remember the last time April J reached out to me and we've always had a very distant but close relationship because when I met her, she was not a part of the church I pastor, but she still allowed me to pastor her without her being a part of the church before she connected to the church. So we've always had a distant, not any, but we knew we were there. She knew I was there for her as bishop. And then the tables turned, she became there for me. So she called me, I'm still answering your question. She, she called me about, a month ago with a regular bishop, didn't want nothing, just calling to check on, seeing how you're doing. And in that kind of conversation, I got a little more transparent. I said, well, this is what I've been going through, shared some of the stuff I'm sharing with you. And then she said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, but I can never do anything. I'm here. And that time only, I said, yes, it is something you can do for me. I need to be back in media. Yeah. I said, I need you to help me get back on a podcast. No, I asked about a radio. She said, well, then we talked about that. She said, but I got something better for you. Then she talked about this. And long story short, without going into a lot of intimate details, in less than a month, this was born. Some of the other things you'll discuss, because when God is in it, that's that's when God and God sent April J to us to help us get our footing. And I said, now this will be the research of the voice over. We will just call it because we've updated it. 
and times have changed, the Voice Over Now podcast. I love it. Well, what is some of your, I guess, your vision? Where do you see yourself going with the Voice Over Now? Like what type of guests? What do you hope oh, to do? Now, see, the Voice Over Now is going to follow the trend that the Voice Over Then had. This is going to be, now this seems like a like a real spiritual topic here today because I think it is because it's talking about me, but this won't be the, the, the tone of the voice over. Um, we, we're going to talk about a lot of things that's going on in the culture. Uh, there's a, a lot of shakeup in the entertainment industry now with a lot of big producers are being exposed. That's going to be one of my shows coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about the issue with the... Um, of, Fannie Willis case, there's a lot of discrepancies that are coming up in that. Uh, so, uh, and I've got guests, I'm lining up guests for that. We, we, we will be talking about some things that are happening in the church. Uh, there's a lot of exposure going on in the church. We're going to be talking about that. So the, the, the mantra is on the voiceover now, if you're talking about it, if it's in mainstream media, then we're going to, nine out of 10, we're going to talk about it here on The Voice Over Now, and we're going to have expert guests. We're, we're, we're going to, and, and, and see, this is where, <laughs> see, this is where, like I told you, I've wised up in some things since uh, I've learned some things in this last year when we had to put some things on hold. That ain't happening because we, we're going to, some guests, we got flying in and we got to sit down and talk to them person to person. So we're not talking about just, um, and I'm not belittling anything. We're not talking about just, you know, people around the corner. No, we, we got some big guests lined up for the Voice Over Now podcast. So we're going to be touching all four corners of the earth, touching no conversation is off the table bringing you information, but most of all, edification. And of course, because I'm involved, a little entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> we expect nothing less from you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So everyone, make sure you stay tuned. So we're excited to see what's to come. All righty. So let's keep going on this train of transparency, okay? Okay. So we'll talk about something a little controversial. Okay. So I want to start here. So we have seen that you've mentioned in some of your teaching and your belief about astrology. Okay. I just want to know, how do you, if at all, how do you reconcile that with your belief in the Bible and your belief in Jesus and your relationship with him and as a bishop and someone in ministry? Oh, good. I'm glad you asked that. See, bring it on. Bring <laughs> it on. I'm not ashamed. And I think anybody who especially follow has followed me lately understands that I do embrace astrology because it's in the bible as a matter of fact i have a book coming out on my earth day entitled understanding light language which deals with the connection between god astrology and the bible and i go through scriptures pointing out um how god and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you one here. And, and I'm glad you asked this. I'm, I'm so glad. If no other question, I'm glad you asked this question. 
Because whatever I do, I don't do it in the back, in the dark. That's a lack of integrity. So I'm glad you asked this because I think this would be the big elephant in the room. Um, and I think we see the astrology in the Bible, but we don't pay attention to it because we've been taught to see it in a different way. But we do it every Christmas, right? When we recant the Christmas story or the story of the birth of Jesus, I would say that, when we recant the story of the birth of Jesus, that uh, they come looking for Jesus and they're told to follow the stars, to follow the stars in the sky, to read the stars in the sky, that's what astrology is, you would have to be what's called a magi. And they called them wise men, magis. They follow the stars in the sky. And I go through that in my book and show us over and over again how astrology is in the Bible. Now, let me draw the line. What we cannot do as believers, and I do believe in Jesus. Let me set that out there. I believe in the blood. I speak in Shantarabosha. So I, that that's that's it. And I still believe in astrology because I believe it was one of the sciences when Daniel, and I'm not gonna do the whole book, but I'm just answering your questions. And for those out there who have questions, yes. But Daniel, uh, it says that uh, the king says, give me men who are skilled in the sciences. I believe part of those sciences were they knew how to read the heavens. Now, where I think people get mistake, God forbid, believe it was over in Deuteronomy, to worship the stars, to bow down. We don't worship the stars. We worship Jesus. We don't bow down to the galaxy. We bow down to Jesus. But at the same time, we don't deny that certain uh, alignments. All right, let me give you another, another point. And you can ask me any questions. Like I said, this, this is, I don't know when you're gonna get another chance to sit down and talk to me like this transparent. I just felt like it was, you know, I, I felt like when you said be transparent, then I felt it was time. Um, it's amazing how we don't believe in like I'm I'm a I'm a Pisces and my birthday is in in March next week, and the symbol of Pisces is fish. We don't believe in astrology for most Christians, but that fish on the back of their car. That fish has nothing to do with Jesus. Outside of the fact that that fish is Piscean, the age when Jesus started his ministry. But anyway, what I'll get. So there are subtle ways that we embrace it. But very few people are going to be like me who come out and publicly embrace it and say, yes. I believe in the 
arrangements in the heaven. Psalms 19.1. Let me give you one real quick. Not you, but for all those that are viewing. Um, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the earth shows forth his handiwork. The heavens, and it pours out its speech. The heavens speak night and day. And that's just, so, yes, I do, but I don't worship it. But ultimately, Jesus is my center and my compass in the Holy Spirit in my life. Thank you. I know that's been something that's probably been on people's minds, been afraid to ask, but wanted to know. So again, thank you for being honest and transparent and taking the time to explain that for those who had any questions. Thank, so, you. thank you for being willing to uh, be integrous enough to ask the real questions. Thank you. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right. So we talked about Wake Up Global Networks, Voice Over Now. Do you feel these platforms and everything you're currently doing, do you feel that's your destiny, what you've called to do, and that's why you're here on this planet? Just speak a little bit more to that. Yes, I do. I believe that now that I have my footing and that I've stumbled around in the dark some, absolutely, I have never been more sure. And that's a big that that's that's a big window, but I have never been more sure. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I, I have my passion back. Let's say that. I have my passion back. I have my vision back. Uh, because when you're wounded, it's it's hard to have passion when you're trying to heal, when you're wounded. But now that I've walked through some things, I've reconciled some things. I have my passion back, I have my vision back. What I thought I needed when I first departed pastoring, I don't need. I've come into uh, a self-awareness that, um, how can I say it? That I'm good, that, 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 that I'm good in the people like April J, people like April J, people like yourself and your family. The things that I do need God will send those people, kind of cause our paths to cross. So I don't need to recant, get bitter, be angry, hold unforgiveness, what I thought should have happened. That was then. But now, like I said, at the turn of 2024, I'm in the I'm smack dab in the center and in the middle of the will of God for my life. So to your answer. Absolutely. And I am excited. I'm so excited. I barely sleep because my mind is all, as you know, you know, my mind is all, I always got something. This is what I'm thinking. This is, th this is how you know when, when you're in that place again, because now the spirit is able to bam, bam, bam. And God is, and God is dropping it. God is dropping it on. And it's just happening supernatural. It's just happening. All of this came together in less than a month. That's not all of you all, everything you all were promoting, it just came together like less, no effort, no toiling, no, no drama, no everybody just doing their part. That's how you know you're in the will of God. And I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited that you're back in that place. <laughs> you're going through, you say, kind of a little wilderness experience the past two years. 
So what you've been through the past two years, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you're going to take with you moving forward? Number one, you have not because you asked not. Mm. I'm not going to go through another season with wake up having needs and whether they do it or not and not putting it out there to our partners or the people that we're there for. That And I know that may sound, but no, that that's really, um, because my thing is, if we're feeding you, at some point, you have to give give back. So that's that's the first lesson. The second lesson is, I didn't do this a lot, but I want to make sure that I'm not just doing stuff just so people can think I'm doing stuff. Mm. When I do stuff and when we do stuff, and when we decide something should be done for Wake Up Global Networks, then it's because God has directed us to do it at that timing. And we do it in our crucible. Without here, but we do it in our crucible with blinders on knowing, yep, this is what we should do. And this is the timing. And the final thing, the people got to be right. Mm. See, and, and, and this is not just for wake up or me. This is for anybody, if you're listening. You, when you're really doing vision work, it's going to be a lot of people who want to come along and volunteer and help, especially if they see you're going somewhere. Caution, admire, appreciate their desire to help, but discern who is God sending you because when God sends them after all of the tsunami is over, like yourself, like April J in one or two, You'll look up, and even if they have the dust, they're still standing there. So those are the three main things. I appreciate people wanting to help. I appreciate people wanting to volunteer. That's just the nature of people. They see some people always said people get on a moving train. People don't get on a train to stand and still that's parked at the station. But more than ever, and I found out it don't take a lot of people, just take the right people. You know this, we ain't got no room full of stuff or people, but stuff get done. You wouldn't know it because when the right people come, everything falls in the place. But if you say, what's your number one? Nah, you, you, you have not because you ask not. That's the bottom line I learned. Salvation is free, but quality ministry costs. And I think we put some of the best quality out there with Wake Up Global Network, but with all we do, all of our productions, all of our outreaches, we don't do all of our Wake Up to Elevate, everything. We do first class. Only thing free is salvation. After that, you gotta pull out debit card, credit card or some cash 
or we don't take crypto yet. And I'm not saying that as we're going to become money hungry. So I don't want anybody to hear that. But I didn't ask and I didn't receive. I'm not going to beg, but I will ask. Good lesson. Very good. Well, do you have any regrets over anything the past two years? And is there anything you would have done differently? Do I have any regrets? Um, I don't know how this is going to sound, but no, because it was all a learning experience. I mean, and I'm, I'm just trying to be honest and not be false humility. Because if I had some, I would acknowledge it. I mean, I've put everything else out here on this podcast. I think we did everything that God told us to do. I, I, we were wise with what came in as we could be. And I, I, I don't have any regrets. I think that I had to get adjusted more than anything, I had to get adjusted not having a congregation to pull the slack. Mm. I didn't know what that felt like because I've always had a congregation that I could depend on, if this is making sense, to, to bring up the rear, to, um, to be the financial resources, to the congregation was... Let's be honest, why you get invited to certain churches because you're going to bring a congregation. So I had to get adjusted to, or not adjusted, it, it had to become, I had to become consciously aware of the fact that other than yourself, and whomever, and I, I'm talking about from a day-to-day -day position, there was no, and so what a congregation used to be to me, in that role, I had to do it. I had to generate all of the money. I had to send out and write, for the most part, the, the, the letter if we needed something. I had, there was no assistant. There was no, so... If and and I I want to say this carefully, so if if it didn't first originate in me, it didn't happen. Now that may sound like that ain't no big deal, but it was. When you're used to having it another way for all of those years, so now it rises and falls on you everything so you don't get a chance to breathe you don't get a chance to go away and have a real vacation because there's nobody to leave behind to keep things run i mean there is of course yourself but you you understand what i'm saying there's there's no there's no um like major major support system and that's why i will always be grateful for you, 
eternally. And when I when I look at how God sent you, it was nothing but God, the divine timing and the divine strategy was nothing but God. And with you in that administrative role, and then we had one to two partners that were very strong financially, some are even to this day, right? It was kind of like they said in the in the church years ago that the 20% sustains the 80 who don't contribute. Well, it was the 5% sustaining the 95 who didn't contribute. So that that's where we are. But it, it was a learning experience. I don't have any. I think I'm better prepared to go forth and para-ministry, mm -hmm. understanding the demands now, mentally. Awesome. All right. Well, you have all those lessons you've learned. Now, moving forward into the future, where do you see yourself? Oh, what can I tell you? Because some of them, I don't want to breathe out yet, right? Okay. But, I, and it's what not that I'm trying to keep here? anything back, but I've learned that too. I'm up. But we're still going to be, once we get this, like, if I can say this thing in the socket, this, this knee in the, totally, I still, we still have to go back and be a channel of blessing to people who have aspirations and be their armor support. I just want to, I just want us, as we move from a limp to a walk to then a run, I want to position other people. That's always been my goal, always been my vision. To position other people that their dreams will come to pass and to be a vital community resource that the community can depend upon us. Very little of it is for me. I mean, I want to I want to do media, right? But I want to write my books. But other than that, you know, I want to be there for the generations that are coming up. That has not changed. That will not. That's why I stepped out of pastoring half my life so that I would have the resources, the time, the availability to help those get their footing in whatever they, and it doesn't have to necessarily be ministry as we know it, business, education, finance, whatever, to be a resource. So my future is we get this thing totally on track and it's happening fast, then reconnecting to people to say, hey, what's your vision? Where can we help you? Where can we assist you? What does your neighborhood need? Okay, I have the resources now through Wake Up Global Networks that we can hitch our wagon to your wagon. There were so many people that called me when we were out of that flow, that inner city had needs. I was like, unfortunately, at this time we're not, but 
It won't always be like this. But that disappointed me and me more than anything because my thing is when there's a need, part of our vision is to be there to assist. So that hasn't changed. We started this saying we want it to be a, a vessel, a platform to fulfill others' visions and that we stick to and that shall come to pass. All right, amen. Well, thank you. And to me, you're Bishop. So thank you, Bishop, for taking the time out today and just giving us a chance to talk about everything and your transparency about everything. And also, since we were talking about the future, we want to talk about what's coming up on Sunday and the premiere of something else, the Voice of Hope Connection and the Voice of Healing Prayer Call. So you want to give us a little bit more about that? Well, I can. I mean, <laughs> so again, this was a vision that came out of, because I am still in ministry, that'll never change. Uh, just wanting to encourage people, especially what I've been through. So every Sunday morning at seven o'clock, and I know it's early, but you can get the replay and some people are up. Um, just kind of giving you a five or 10 minute word that will propel you through all of the challenges. One of the things that sparked this is not to say, well, if you have any challenges, there will be challenges. Jesus said in this world, there will be tribulation. So to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So because next week you're going to face challenges, I'm going to face challenges. We don't know what they are, but there is a preceding word that can help us remember when we get to those places. Oh, yeah. Especially the, the one we have for Sunday that I'm not going to talk about now. But when you get to that place, this word you will get Sunday will remind you, oh, yeah, that voice of hope. Even that name is strategic, voice of hope. Nothing is hopeless. I have hope. There's a voice that gives me hope. And then after that, the Lord led me to develop a community, no denomination, not even necessarily a religious affiliation, but whosoever, because we all have needs. We all are human. So it'll be a 15-minute community prayer call people from all different backgrounds. You don't have to say anything. Um, you can certainly, and I don't want to take, you're, you're the host, but uh, you, you'll tell people how they can flow in that. And we'll just be given certain prayers, affirmations. If their prayer requests, we'll certainly lift those. If they want their name, we'll lift that. And it's kind of just bringing us together in the words of uh, James, I think it is, Pray one for another. Just, we may not pray the same way. We may not, but at least you, you may not pray in tongues. That's fine. Come on. You may be a Catholic. That's fine. Come on. You may be a Muslim. That's fine. Come on. But at least you may not have the same prayer language, but we're wishing goodwill to one another. That's the main thing. So those two endeavors I am excited about, and we launched those on Sunday. Awesome. And that's so needed right now. So yes, we're very excited about that. And if you guys want to send in prayer requests, we do have a link set up, all of that information as to the time that everything airs, how to send prayer requests, please head to our social media. 
Wake Up Global Networks, or of course, make sure you're following us on our new socials for the Voice Over Now podcast. You'll get all the information there and make sure you tune in every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. for the Voice Over Now podcast. The links and information should be on the screen as well as on our social media. And again, Bishop, thank you for taking this time out. We're excited about where God is taking you next. So stay tuned, everyone. Well, I want to say thank you for asking me the not being afraid to ask the hard questions and taking that challenge. And um, I don't want to cut you off. If you have another one, I'm open if you finish. But I wanted to make sure that you asked all the questions that were in your heart that you felt needed to be asked. So was there any others? I'm not, I'm, I don't, like I said, I don't know when you'll get another uh, <laughs> sit down. So you better ask, but if, if any others I'm open to, if. Yeah, we are good. I think you've done an excellent job today. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Maybe if something comes up, maybe we need to do a part two. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we are good for now. Absolutely. And I, and I would like to say publicly, um, like I said, and I don't take words lightly because I know words, we're judged by words, that I am eternally grateful for you and your family, your husband, for all you have sown in the, the light days, but even in the darker days, you all were still there, nothing changed, nothing wavered. And for that, you couldn't give me $100,000 to replace. So I wanna say, I really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you being there uh, when it looks like it wasn't gonna be no there, but you were still there with all of your responsibilities, business, family, taking care of parents, you were still there. So I pray that God will always cause your meal to run and never run dry and that you will get the kind of support in every one of your endeavors, even down to your children's children, that the faithfulness of God will be seen upon and in their life because you and your husband started that trend of faithfulness and loyalty to me and to Wake Up Global Networks. So I want to say thank you. Thank you, Bishop. I received that. So thank you guys again for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you on next Wednesday. Have a good one. Thank you for being a part of The VoiceOver. Please follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay connected to our upcoming shows and guests. Instagram at The VoiceOver Radio. Twitter at D Prophetic I. That's the letter D, Prophetic E-Y-E. If this show has enriched you in any way, please share The VoiceOver among your circle. Until next time, keep allowing your voice to be heard.